Welcome to Dad Up, the podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. If you're new to the show, I hope you enjoy listening. Please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. My guest today on Dad Up is Austin Carr. Austin is an NFL wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints. He joined the Saints off waivers from the New England Patriots at the start of the 2017 regular season, appearing in one regular season and one playoff contest in his rookie campaign. As a wide receiver, he originally signed as an undrafted rookie out of Northwestern with New England Patriots, has played 21 games with five starts, recording 10 receptions for 106 yards and two touchdowns. As fulfilling as his NFL career has been, nothing has been more fulfilling than the recent birth of his first child with his wife, Erica. However, in our conversation, he shares their excitement of their son's birth soon turned into fear when Erica tested positive for COVID-19 on the day she was to deliver their baby boy. By the grace of God, the boy tested negative, and today the cars are completely healthy and Austin is enjoying his new role as a dad. In our conversation, Austin shares how much his parents positively impacted his life and taught him what it takes to be a successful father. Please welcome Austin Carr to Data. Well, Austin, thank you very much for joining me on Data today. I really appreciate it. Um, I am looking forward to our conversation and just kind of hearing about your kind of your new dad experiences. Um, so it's a privilege to have you on, my friend. Great to be on, Brian. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Um, Austin, for my listeners who don't know who you are, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, kind of your backstory, and uh, a little bit about your family? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I am uh, one of four kids, number two out of four, actually, out of uh, Benicia, California, a smaller city up in the Bay Area of Northern California. Um, grew up with uh, two sisters and a, and a brother, um, went to Northwestern University. Um, back in 2012, graduated in 2016, played football there for five years, um, and was blessed enough to uh, make it to the NFL. I went undrafted to the New England Patriots um, in 2017, and then um, shifted on over to the Saints and played in New Orleans for the last three years. Uh, My wife and I actually, we met at Northwestern freshman year, actually right before freshman year. She's from Iowa. And uh, she was the first human being I'd ever met from the state of Iowa in my life, actually. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know much about that state. I didn't, uh, I didn't even, it was actually the last state that I learned. Like as a kid, you know, you learn all the 50 states. Iowa was the last one I'd learned uh, after I knew all the other 49, for whatever reason. Um, and so it was just funny to, to meet someone from there who uh, obviously loved corn and everything Iowa. Um, and, uh, long story short, we were friends for three or four years in college, both involved in a student ministry called athletes in action, a Christian sports ministry and, uh, come senior year, uh, you know, we had dated other people during college and by senior year, you know, none of those relationships had worked out and, and, you know, all of our friends saw our chemistry together just as, as buddies. And they were like, man, you guys should date. And uh, we started dating, and and come uh, my fifth year, of, uh, my fifth year, yeah, I was a fifth year senior. I uh, proposed to her right after the football season, and the rest is history. Um, and now, so we've been married since July of 2017. Uh, actually, it's our uh, three year anniversary tomorrow. So we're oh cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I've I've got a special trip planned for for her. It's a surprise, so I'm not going to say where we're going, but. Uh, uh, we're gonna have a good time, and then we recently had our first child. His name is Clive Carr. Uh, Clive is three months as of July fourth, and he 
We actually just weighed him. He's over 17 pounds. So we, uh, we have our hands full and we got more than we bargained for. Wow. Well, awesome. Well, first of all, uh, happy anniversary. Uh, Thanks so much. Cool. Uh, and congratulations on the new baby. So you got a lot of new things happening in your life. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> um, so ha- tell me about the experience. I mean, you're, you're playing college ball. Obviously you have a dream to be in the NFL. Uh, and then it happens. Tell me about that emotion or that experience. Oh man, a huge blessing. I would say that I, I'd already, I'd always had the dream to play in the NFL and to, um, you know, be in, on the biggest stage ever. I grew up, you know, from five, six years old watching Monday night football with my dad and his love for the game was infectious, but I walked on at Northwestern. I wasn't recruited heavily out of high school. And, you know, in the first few years in college, the, the dream of the NFL was, was really distant and improbable. I'd say mm-hmm. I had a lot of development that I needed, you know, having walked on, it meant that, um, you know, Northwestern's walk-on program is great, but it did mean that I had a little bit of work ahead of me to um, outplay the guys who were on scholarship and who deserved their scholarships, right? They were athletic too. Um, but come senior year, I, I had this breakout year where, uh, you know, I, I you know, I, I just, every, all of the training, all of the blood, sweat, and tears of, of preparation, those previous four years finally paid off. And, um, you know, finally went undrafted to the Patriots. It was, I mean, it was a dream come true. Um, you know, obviously it's been a grind and, and making it to the NFL is the first step, but staying there is, is harder. And, um, God's blessed me with, with relative health and, and with, um, the opportunity to learn from a lot of veterans and get better and, and, you know, hopefully continue my career in the years to come. Wow. Well, that's cool. Well, congratulations on that. Um, you've had a, you know, you're, you're, fairly new into the NFL and, and that you've, you know, got a few years under your belt. Um, I'm sure you're starting to uh, become kind of a mentor to some of the younger guys. Um, yeah. So that's cool. Um, how's the experience been with uh, the New Orleans Saints? It's been great. Um, the Saints organization has uh, been incredible. Um, so many people to learn from, especially just beginning with coach Peyton and with the legacy that he's built there, winning a Super Bowl and turning the, the team around uh, back in 06. I think um, obviously with a veteran quarterback like Drew Brees and with teammates like Cam Jordan and, and Michael Thomas and, and guys that just bring excellence onto the field day in and day out. Um, it's, it's been really motivating. Awesome. Now, did you, did you play uh, football your entire life? I know uh, there's a lot of um, kind of mixed emotions with, you know, parents in general on, on when they should let their kids start to play tackle football. Um, yeah. I know that, uh, you know, I just, I had, uh, Chris Gronkowski on my show a few weeks back and he told me he didn't, they didn't start playing football until they were high school age. Yeah. So have you played your whole life or did it start? Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. So I started playing and I want to say second grade. Um, I was maybe seven or eight when, when I first started. Um, and you know, when I look back, yeah, some of the drills that we did were pretty brutal and have since been outlawed or at least, um, you know, severely limited, which I think is good. Um, in general, yeah, I look back at my youth football experience back in 2002, 03, when it started and, you know, some of the Oklahoma drills and, and, uh, you know, tough drills that I, I do, I, I wouldn't say that I, I'm not confident that I'd be in the NFL if it wasn't for the, the sort of foundation that I built, um, learning the game and just knowing how to hit people, how to form tackle. I was coached really well. Um, and I was, I was, uh, fortunate enough to 
you know, arrive in high school fully prepared for uh, any kind of hit, any kind of position. I played so much that um, there was really no fear that I had going onto the field. That said, I mean, if, if I was, you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but um, if, if, if the protocols and, uh, you know, rules were the, are the same today as they were back then, I might hold my kid out, um, you know, for a few years until he's a little bit bigger. And, um, you know, I might have him play flag football for a little while or non-contact mm-hmm. seven on seven for a little while to acclimate to the game before um, hitting. But from what I understand, Pop Warner and, and a lot of youth football leagues have improved their rules, have improved, improved their safety regulations, have put an overemphasis on tackling well and on, on hitting correctly. Uh, which makes me excited for hopefully, uh, uh, you know, our son wanting to play the game and, and play it well and safely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. Uh, that's what I've heard as well. Um, you know, my boys, I have two boys. Uh, my oldest mm-hmm. is 21. My youngest is 18. Uh, my youngest, they're both, uh, basketball kids. My youngest really grew to love baseball. Um, and, um, they never played football. They played flag football, I should say. They played flag okay. football for a couple of years. We were, my wife and I were a little bit, uh, uh, kind of hesitant about allowing them to play tackle football. And, yeah. uh, when they got into high school, they just kind of gravitated towards basketball. And my youngest son actually has a basketball scholarship to play at uh, Hope International University here in California. Oh, nice. So, awesome. Yeah. So we're looking forward to that. Um, so cool. So can you, can you spill the scoops on, uh, what the season's going to look like? Are you guys in training camp? Are you going to be starting soon? What's, what's the plan? Yeah. The thing? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the league wide report date is in a few weeks. And, um, from what we know, we're, we're, we're going to be proceeding with caution. Um, there's a lot of, I think, fine details that we need to figure out that, um, you know, some are above my pay grade and, and some are about my pay grade, right? And, and, right. and how pay is going to go this year. But um, from what I can tell, we're going to have a season. It's going to look different. Um, obviously, there's not going to be many, if any, um, fans in the stadium. And, and you know, there's going to be protocols that we have to take. There's going to be widespread testing. There's going to be, um, you know, somewhat of a, um, you know, so, somewhat of a different season. That's for sure. Right. But hopefully we can uh, we can be safe and we can, um, put the finished product on the field that America wants. I mean, I know that with, with a lot of sports having been canceled or postponed, um, people have a lot that they're looking forward to, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the football season playing. So, um, I'm optimistic, but, uh, there's, there's still fine details to, to work out. So, um, you know, proceeding with caution. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. So you're, you're obviously, um, working out, staying and trying to stay in shape at least, uh, until you guys, uh, go back into uh, full swing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I've been working out, um, up here in Chicago. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm a high school basketball coach, uh, for a Christian school here in uh, California. And, oh, cool. uh, it's one of the, one of the things we haven't been able to practice. And it's one of the things that I've been, you know, I've been sending text messages to my captain saying, Hey, you need to send out for the guys. They need to be doing this. They need to be doing that. They need to be, you know, working on these different drills at home until we can get into uh, the full swing. We were actually started practicing a couple weeks ago and the school um, got some new word from the county that uh, we had to close back down again. So we had to oh, man. Stop, stop, stop practices uh, until further notice. But um, mm. anyway, so yeah, it's important to work out uh, in this uh, time, this downtime. Uh, yeah. So you're yeah. ready to go. 
I would definitely say that's important. Soft tissue injuries spike um, any season, you know, in, in during training camp. The first two weeks of training camp are when the most hamstring injuries happen in camp. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, the same would go for for any level of of play. Um, yeah, if your if your guys can be uh, staying in shape and working out and, and getting prepped, that would that would be uh, good for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, cool. Well, kind of segueing into you know, your, your dad experience, you're a new dad. Um, and how has your um, experience been so far uh, through this pandemic? I mean, I know, you know, a lot of places are closed down or were closed down, especially when you guys um, had your son. Um, how did you guys manage that with trying to get supplies and things like that? Yeah. Great question. I mean, it, it began with this sort of blissful um, separation from all of the, you know, crazy stuff going on outside. Obviously, everybody's more or less quarantined and forced to be at home. Well, my wife tested positive while in labor. And oh, you're kidding. No, I'm not kidding. And uh, it actually surprised us because we had felt symptoms a couple of weeks earlier, but our fever, we didn't have fevers. And so we were like, well, maybe we did have it. Who knows? Well, we had gotten over the symptoms, but April 4th, when my son was born that morning, while my wife is having contractions, being admitted in the hospital, they test her and it comes back positive. Oh, so we were a bit, yeah, we, we were shocked, but what that meant, and, and the birth went well, and, and I mean, God has been good to us and kept us safe, but it meant that afterwards, you know, we had to quarantine for at least 14 days. Right. And I will say that that was, that has been some of the sweetest time of parenthood, of fatherhood for me in that I was able to be fully present, fully at home. You know, I, I had surgery um, this past off season on my ankle. So I had been going in to get treatment, but obviously testing positive meant that I had to quarantine. And right. um, that was just a free two weeks of just me, my wife and our new baby son, Clive. And man, that was just sweet to be able to help Erica out. And, um, you know, obviously waking up and changing diapers and figuring out the whole breastfeeding thing. and Right. Um, and then just, you know, slowly waking up and, you know, my wife would be feeding him in the morning and I'd be reading to them right on our couch and just right. um, enjoying that sweet, you know, transition of, wow, you know, there's a new human in our house and he's right. kind of a stranger, but that really smoothed out the transition. Um, that said, it didn't come without complications. I mean, we, we had some family visiting us in town, but, um, soon after they left, it was, you know, it, it felt a bit lonely. And I think, um, that, that, you know, was, was most felt by my wife, obviously with the postpartum experience, she wanted people around and wanted family around as it should be, mm-hmm. but, uh, family had to take precautions too. So, um, that, that wasn't as, um, easy and neither has been obviously shopping for, you know, diapers and things like that. But, um, we were blessed with good friends who have, um, given us lots of gifts and, and, you know, being able to run and get diapers for us and so on. And, I think we're mostly past that stage. We've, we've transitioned into, um, you know, being able to go to the store ourselves and, and so right. on. But, uh, it's, it's really been a, a sweet transition time. I've been able to spend extra time with him and with my wife and with OTAs being virtual this year. That means that I'm, you know, able to be home even more. So, um, yeah. I see it as a blessing and I see it as, as probably, um, bringing on a, a whole new challenge that I don't even know about when, uh, Lord willing, we have our second kit and the circumstances are, you know, likely going to be different and I'm going to be working and 
you know, that, that'll, that'll, this sweet time, I'm really working not to take it for granted. Yeah. Well, wow. Um, so she tests positive the day that she's delivering. Um, did you guys, did she have to quarantine herself from you and the baby? Yeah. So, um, at the time she, uh, the, the protocol, literally the day that we were admitted was the day that the hospital had changed their protocol to just test every, uh, every, um, expectant mother that was admitted. Um, so if, if she had gone in labor a day earlier, she wouldn't have been tested and, and, you know, it would have been completely different, but it was that day that changed that protocol. And a part of the protocol was, um, after the baby's born, you got one of two options. One, um, the mother can be in a separate room as dad and the baby provided the baby and dad test negative or no, I think, I think it was just, yeah. Option one was mom is in a separate room. Dad and baby are, are in a different room. And the baby is only brought to mom to breastfeed and then taken back to the separate room. We really didn't like that option. Option right. two was um, mom is in the same room as the baby, but there's a sort of uh, physical barrier or wall that's between mom and the baby to prevent, you know, transmission. Um, and uh, uh, we sort of, we, we went with that option. Um, and it was, even that was tough. I mean, we, you, you know, you just want to cuddle your baby the whole time, but right. um you know, whenever she held Clive, she had to have a mask on. Um, whenever, you know, she breastfed him, she had to have a mask on in the hospital. And obviously we know that these were precautions taken for our safety, for the nurses and doctors' safety and for our son's safety. He tested negative, um, oh, you know, God. when he came out, which was, which was definitely a blessing. And from what we understand, he's getting the immunities from her breast milk. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was odd to, you know, I'm sure it was odd for him too to come into the world and, Everything that he sees, uh, every human he sees has this huge mask on their face, right? right? Um, which, yeah, I mean, that's something, you know, who knows if he remembers that? Probably not, but, um, yeah, it was, it was, that was, that was the kind of funny wonky thing about it. Wow. Well, how scary. Um, well, I'm certainly glad everybody's all okay. Um, but that, that must have been a scary time, I, I can imagine. Yeah. But, um, did you, you know, you, you talked a little bit about it, but what do you enjoy most about being a dad? Man, um, I am as generic as it sounds, I'm sure. I mean, I enjoy the love. Uh, I enjoy experiencing the love that I have for him. Uh, that is this new kind of love where, mm-hmm. you know, you sit back and you think like this, this little guy does absolutely nothing for me. He, he, uh, in fact, he just takes from me. And, and so I don't mean that in a selfish way, but you know, he takes time. He takes effort and energy. He's um, inconvenient at times. He, he's whiny at times. And, um, and when he's not doing those things, he's just kind of sitting there. He's kind of like a, pa- a, a sack of potatoes. Right. Uh, and after, after the hardest night, after all the crying and, and you know, maybe he's woken up three times and just disrupted our sleep, every morning he wins us back. And that's right. just a testament to um, just this, I think, God-given love that um, a father and mother uh, have for their, their newborn baby. Um, and, and just to hold him and to see him develop and to, and to just continually love him. I mean, that's, yeah. uh, it is special. And I'd hear about it uh, before I was yeah. a parent. And, you know, it was, right. it, it was sort of this abstract reality. And, 
You know, I was like, oh, okay. And I'd never been a baby person, right? I mean, right. you know, I, I would like your baby if I knew you well. And, you know, I'd be really happy for you mostly. And, you know, I'd hold the baby and play with it. But that was about the extent of it. But I have become such a baby guy where, like, <laughs> uh, like even just seeing pictures of, of random babies, it's just like my heart starts to beat a little faster. And I start to right. bond over that baby more. So, um, yeah, in short, the way that, that your love for the baby changes you is pretty sweet. Yeah, you're right. You know, other dads have said it, and it is the it is the common factor. It's that love. You can't explain it to uh, dads or excuse me, guys that don't have kids. You really right. can't explain it to them. You can try, and they won't understand it until until they have kids. And it seems like uh, seems like you were kind of that way. So that's right. awesome. That's cool. Um, what do you What do you think are going to be some of the challenges? Um, I know you. you yeah, obviously we we have the challenge when they're newborn babies. We have to we have to care for their every need at that second. Um, yeah. But overall, what do you think are some of the challenges you're going to face with the dad? Yeah, well, I mean, a challenge I've already faced is just, um, and I touched on it a minute ago, but just the inconvenience that the baby brings. That that factor where um, you know I I, I didn't expect um, that I would see what I, that I would realize how much I took convenience for granted and how, you know, just going places. Right. So we've traveled up to Chicago where I need to train for, for this season and all of the things that go into packing for him. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. eat up and leave like you once did. Right. All right. That's great. I, I knew that I, I, I sort of was prepared for that, but what I didn't see coming was um, when you're, when you're in the middle of your day and you're doing something or you want to do something, and, you know, I was sort of expecting him to just be this sleepy baby 24-7 for the first eight months. And that's not right. true. Um, right. And so so when plans are foiled or adjusted, I mean, you have to be adaptable and you have to. And it's just made me take a step back and realize, like, wow, um, I, I really took convenience for granted. I think that love is inherently inefficient at times. Love is inherently um, inconvenient at times. Um, when I consider how my parents loved me and how they provided for me at times when it was tough, when it was financially difficult, when I'm sure they wanted, I mean, if they were self-centered, they wanted to spend their money another way. But love is not um, self-centered and perfectly efficient. I think um, that's one of the areas that I've been really been sharpened. I think another um, just difficulty that I see coming is is being the example that that I want to be for him. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I want to live up to to be the the father friend mentor that he needs and that God created me to be, and yet at the same time I can't idolize that identity. I have to take a step back and realize I'm flawed, and I will do more damage than good if I position myself as a god in his life. Right. Um, if I am the end all be all, if I have every single answer, or if I want to posture as though I have everything figured out and I am the one-stop shop for any issue in his life. Um, that's a problem because I'm going to fail him at times. Um, and, and so like just balancing that, like living up to the example that I want to be as much as possible, that God created me as much as I can, and yet not idolizing myself and not making myself out to be something that I'm not. Um, and, and actually, a lot of this has actually come from a book that I recently read called Sacred Parenting um, by, um, uh, oh man, I can't believe uh, Gary, gosh, I'm forgetting his name, but, uh, it's a really good book that's been helpful as I've been preparing and then experiencing fatherhood. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, you can't, 
you can't expect to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. You have a long journey ahead of you as a dad. Um, and there's going to be, there's going to be more challenging times than others. And there's going to be times where you just go, man, I really messed up there. Um, yeah. But as long as you do the best you can and, and in the eyes of your son, show that love and affection that, that he needs, uh, everything's going to work out. Everything's going to be yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, now, as a professional athlete, um, how are you going to balance? Have you figured out how you're going to balance your career and your role as a dad? Because both are important. Um, yeah, great question. I, I'm, you know, I haven't had to deal with that question yet. And, um, from what I've learned from teammates who are also fathers and from, uh, just general wisdom, it's, it's, it's not really possible without a rock star wife who can hold it down at home and, and hold it down, um, with her work and, and, and with the family. I think, um, I am extremely blessed to be married to a woman who, understands has come to understand and work well with the stresses of at the NF the life uh, of, an, of an NFL player. Um, right. She encourages me. She, um, you know, fills in the gap when I need to spend extra time at you know the facility. She prays for me. She's um, you know, she, she's my go-to, she's my teammate. And, and that's, it was that way before we were parents and, and it's been that way since. Um, so I know that, that having a great teammate is a big part of it. And then, you know, obviously for, for myself personally, I think it's having good boundaries. Um, it, it's, it's having boundaries around, um, relationships, around time management, around financial management and so on. Um, you know, if those boundaries were important before, I think they're just so much more important now because, um, to, to live a life as though you were single or as though you don't have a kid would, would damage the kid's life or would at least take away time and, and good, um, you know, family experiences from, from you guys. So, um, yeah, I'd say those are a couple areas. Yeah. Um, you bring up a good point. Yeah. You, uh, your role, your role is a, the spouse's role is super important. And, uh, she's, she's supportive of you in your career. Um, and while, while you're, uh, away and helping with the family or taking care of the baby or taking care of the home needs. Um, and it sounds like you've got a winner on your hands. <laughs> Absolutely. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, now, uh, obviously your learning being a parent isn't easy. You're in the beginning stages of a new chapter in your life. Um, we learn how to be parents by how we're raised or lens we've learned from other parents, or maybe some of the books or something that we've picked up. But what do you think is the single most important lesson you've learned from your parents and how will that impact you as a dad? Mm. Man, that's a great question. Um, Man, with my mom, I think it was education, the way that my mom encouraged us to learn and to, um, and, and, and to sort of foster this home environment where reading was encouraged and where, um, learning was encouraged. I mean, that, I think that was huge. And I would not have, I would not have the journey that I had without my mom, um, prioritizing and encouraging education. Um, I would not have got, I wouldn't have gotten into Northwestern to be able to walk onto the football team and so on. Um, had my mom not instilled that, that value and encouraged that sort of, um, atmosphere in our family with my dad. Um, man, I think, I think he was just, he he has modeled, I think just humble friendship, um, Mm. as a dad so well. Uh, I, I look back on times, you know, as a kid where, um, my dad would, I mean, he was quick, not quick, but he was, he was so willing 
to admit fault and to acknowledge mistakes and to not um, get stuck up on, 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 you know, being prideful. Um, you know, there were, there were times when my, when my dad would mess up and, um, you know, my parents divorced when I was in middle school and my dad was, was very open and honest with us kids about where he faulted and how, um, just the responsibility that he played in my parents' divorce. And I mean, that, that, that's going to stick with me for life. Um, I mean, that, that my dad didn't try to be this perfect role model. I mean, while he was striving to be the best role model, he could be, he acknowledged his fault. And that humility and humbleness is, uh, that's special. And that's, I would say, uh, in high demand and short supply in our world. And so to see that in my dad, um, it's just something I want to emulate. And that, that has given rise to uh, friendship just with all of his kids um, for, you know, you know, I, you know, I've heard like zero to 18, you know, a parent is uh, more this authoritative figure and, and, you know, you have to be right. stern. And then once they're out of the house, that authority sort of uh, paradigm is shifted and you will either become friends and, and that continues for life or you won't, and you'll become alienated. And I think my dad has modeled friend, like parental friendship beyond the house um, really well. Well, that's awesome. That's a, that's a, a great answers. Uh, sounds like you have awesome parents. And, uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's very cool. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, definitely. Um, what do you, if I would ask your son, obviously down the road, um, if I would ask your son, uh, tell me something about your dad. What would you hope your son would say about you? Oh, man. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, man, if it was one thing, I, I would... I would pray that, that my son would say, man, my dad showed me what, what growing into a godly man uh, really looks like. My, my, dad, my dad introduced me to God and then showed me what, it's, what it looks like to love and follow him. Um, because from that flows everything else. I mean, even all the values that I've shared with you and that I'm sure you talk about on this podcast, yeah. um, I would say that all the, the virtues and, and the lessons um, flow from, uh, you know, vir- virtues and wisdom and lessons from the Bible and, and um, yeah. really the, the character of God and how he is a good father who loves us, who cares for us. So, man, if I can, if I can just lead my son to the source and, and he learns to feed himself there and then sees my life that, that um, lives that out in front of him, you know, I, that's, and, you know, I'll take that over anything else. I, I don't need him to know about my football, football career. I don't need him to know about, you know, how much money I make. I don't need him to know about a lot. If, if he can know about God and see that in, in his dad's life, I, I think that's the best thing I could give him. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, that's, that's an uh, unbelievable answer. And uh, you're so right. Everything, everything stems from him. And as long as uh, we put that guidance into our, into our children's lives, at least direct them into that, uh, kind of guide them into that direction. Um, that's, that's where their, their true character will shine and they'll become a, uh, a wonderful human being. So that's, that's Definitely. so cool to hear. Yeah, um, well, thanks. cool. Um, if my listeners wanted to kind of learn a little bit more about you, kind of look you up, obviously uh, I'm a Saints fan now. <laughs> so uh, awesome. I was, I'm a, I'm a diehard Raider fan. I hate to say it, but, uh, but I yeah. would certainly be uh, following you and the Saints um, going forward. 
But if they wanted to look you up, kind of learn a little bit more about you, uh, where can they find you? What's the best place to do that? Oh, well, I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. I don't really use Twitter that much, but mostly Instagram. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't have a website. I wish <laughs> I don't have a YouTube channel. Maybe I should get one of those someday, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe social media and, um, yeah, I mean, the internet's powerful. You can find a lot of stuff that I don't want to name right now. Because, uh, yeah, there, I, I also play piano, and so there there might be some videos out oh, wow. there singing and playing piano that I'm not as proud of now as I should be. But yeah, well, very cool. So obviously, uh, this year you're looking forward to getting the season started. I'm sure. Definitely, yeah, looking forward to it. Cool, cool. Well, um, it has been a huge honor and pleasure to have you on. I appreciate you sharing your experiences. And um, I will certainly be uh, keeping up with you, keeping track of you, um, see how things are going. But I Great. wish you all the best. You certainly represent the data community very well. And I wish you and your family all the best. Brother. Thanks so much, Brian. I appreciate it. Any wisdom you've got for fatherhood, don't be afraid to send it my way. because I, I need to learn a lot. Awesome. Thank you again to Austin for talking with me on data. As you heard, Austin is excited about his new journey as a dad and is looking forward to the different stages of fatherhood. Austin certainly represents the data community very well. Thank you as always for listening to the show. And as I said before, please subscribe. It is also so important that you share the show with others. The only way the show continues to get noticed is if you're sharing it. If you have comments or questions, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at data podcast. I read all your comments and respond to them all. As always, I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. This is Dad Up.